Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Doable Discipleship. Um, this is a Saddleback Church podcast designed to help you deepen your faith, or as we love to call it, the show that helps you grow. The fact that you did not hear another voice say the show that helps you grow means that I am recording this intro by myself right now. Um, my name is Jason Wheeland, and I'm happy to be with you again on another Tuesday. I'm by myself right now because we are doing a rewind episode, um, a very special rewind episode. So um, one of our very, very, very first episodes, in fact, the eighth episode we've ever done of Doable Discipleship is called The Life of Prayer. And we got to interview um, a very special lady named Carolyn Baker. Now, Carolyn is the definition of a prayer warrior. That's probably a phrase that you may have heard of before, like, oh, this person is a prayer warrior. Well, I'll tell you, you've probably never met a prayer warrior quite like Carolyn. She is truly an outstanding, very interesting, very insightful lady, and we got to spend some time with her. So given that this was um, so long ago, this was three years ago that we had did this interview, um, you'll be hearing myself and Doug Jones uh, with Carolyn because um, this was before we had Brandon with us. And so I really hope that you enjoy this. In fact, the conversation is so good that we ended up talking for like an hour and 20 minutes with her. So what we're doing is splitting this episode into two different episodes. So you will hear the first half of our conversation this week, and then we will wrap it up the second half next week. That's how good the conversation is, friends. I'm not kidding. Uh, you will want to hear this one. Um, and also, I, um, I would ask that you would ignore, if you hear any old um promotions or plugs for things going on at the church at the time. I think that we got them out, but there may be some that, that we missed. So if you do hear anything specifically with dates or anything, just ignore that. This is a three-year-old conversation, um, but um, it is quality. So I really hope that you enjoy this interview with Carolyn Baker on The Life of Prayer. Hello there. For those of you who don't know, this is the bass line from Living on a Prayer. Okay. I don't think we have the rights to use that. We may have to edit that part out. <laughs> I think if you're impersonating, it's okay. I think so, too. I probably, I was probably in a different key as well. <sighs> yeah, knowing you, it was probably in the wrong key. And you're a little bit pitchy. Mike. Thanks. Just sorry. Anyway, uh, this is Doable Discipleship, if you can't tell. Uh, it's Doug Jones here, and this is Jason, Jason. Wheeland. Yeah. Welcome back, my friend. It's been Thanks. a little while. Glad to have you back. It's, I think it's been two weeks. <laughs> if I'm thinking about the episodes in order of which we felt, I think it's been two weeks. Yes, yeah. very good. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about the show we have planned for today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're going to be having a pretty nice time today talking about the soul, as we've been doing for the last couple weeks now. Yeah. You and I talked a couple weeks ago about what the soul is. That was a great episode. I thought so. Yeah. Uh, it was a lot of fun and very interesting because the Bible contains some really interesting verbiage about the soul, and there are a lot of differing perspectives on that. So it's fun to kind of play with that topic a little bit. It's just a little fa mysterious. Fascinating topic. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Anyway, again, if you haven't listened to that episode, you should go back and listen to that. Listen to last week episode as, week's episode as well. Uh, we had a great interview. Uh, today, we're going to be interviewing someone who is super stoked for this one. Just look, everybody, you don't realize what you're about to get. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be talking with a lady named Carolyn Baker, and she is 
this tiny little petite lady who's celebrating her birthday today. It is her birthday today as the day we're filming it, yeah. and uh, which we didn't know when we scheduled this. And, yeah. and she shared that with us a little bit ago, and we were super excited to get to spend uh, some time with her today. Yeah. What a fun what a fun way to spend your birthday on our show. Hey. <laughs> I, I would want to do it. I know. Anyway, uh, this is a lady who is an absolute prayer monster. Yes. She, and we are going to get into that. Someday, in, yeah, you're going to be blown away by this. Yeah. She's a lady that you probably have never heard of. Uh, if you're on staff at Saddleback, you, you may know Carolyn. Um, but if you're not, there's a good chance you don't know who she is. Uh, but there's a really good chance that your life has been impacted by Carolyn it's, wherever you are. It's crazy. Because it's Carolyn prays for you. <laughs> yeah. Carolyn is a person who is a teeny, 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 tiny little petite lady. But if you were to flip over from the physical realm to the spiritual realm, you would find Carolyn trouncing around Be like a, a sheer Hulk. She is a giant of the faith. She's a giant of prayer. Yeah, yeah. She's like the BFG. Yeah, she is. in this, in this. Sense. <laughs> yeah, she is. That's a good. That's a good comparison. Uh, so we're going to be talking with her today in just a few minutes. So you are going to be really, really glad you watched or listened to this episode. Real quick before we get into that, though, yeah. we want to Jason give them your puppy dog face, guys. <laughs> listen intently to what we are about to share and say. This is important. If this show has helped you, if you've enjoyed the conversation so far, yeah. even if you've just enjoyed one conversation of them all so far, <laughs> if you've, if only, you've, enjoyed, any if you've only enjoyed the time that we spent with Steve Gladen and you're like, that was the yeah. only thing, the rest is I, I could give or take, hey, we could still use your help. Yeah. yeah. If you've enjoyed the show, we would love it if you'd give us a rating or a review in iTunes. Yeah. Uh, give us a share on YouTube, You know, share it with your friends, text your friends and say, check out this podcast, check out this YouTube show. Um, reason is because we want this to get out to as many people as possible because yeah. we want people to grow. Whether you're in our church family or beyond, we want you to grow spiritually. And so if you share uh, the show with somebody or if you give us a rating or a review in iTunes, you help other people find us so that they can grow as well. So if you want to just do a simple, simple thing that can help influence the spiritual growth of somebody else, someone you may not even know, that's a really great way that you can do that. Definitely. Without any further ado, yes. let's bring Carolyn out right yes. after this. Woo! We're here with Carolyn Baker. Welcome, happy Carolyn. birthday, Carolyn. Yes. Oh, happy birthday. Oh, oh, now you guys are dead. Now <laughs> they are truly dead. <laughs> yeah, this no, worked out no. so perfectly. Uh, we're excited you. that you're celebrating your birthday with they us. They love you. We feel me. so yes. privileged. We do love you, Carolyn. Uh, Jason is dead meat. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> here we go. Oh, man. <laughs> we just started. <laughs> Carolyn, we, we said about you in the intro that a lot of our people um, who aren't on staff may not know you yet, mm -hmm. uh, but they're regardless of where they come from, they've probably been influenced by you in some way or another just because of the sheer, the sheer, uh, fervency and, um, dedication that you've had to prayer for so long that you pray for our church. It's always, it's often said that Saddleback has a, an unseen force field and it's held up by you cry. and you and other prayer <laughs> warriors. True. Uh, I, I, we can't say enough great things about you. You know, our team loves you dearly and we, we appreciate the way Love you pray you for us. Um, and that's why we wanted to bring you on the show today, because we know that you have been cultivating a life of prayer for a long, long time. And there are many who are just getting started in that for some people, Praise God. for some people, prayer is a an area of real fear and I was just going to say it's and, very scary. Yeah. yeah. But before we, before we get in too much, um, I'd love to just hear your story. Would you share kind of how you came to Saddleback? Cause you've been here since the early days. Would you mm -hmm. share kind of the, the, 
the process of coming on staff and what your journey has been like at Saddleback. Yeah, uh, just kind of give us some of the broad strokes. The um, this is a great story. It, it's it's a really great story because it it is all it's all about prayer in my life, in my world. Mm. And the way I started, the way I came, uh, was back in, it was back in 1994. And, and Jim and I, uh, had just moved here to Orange County to be with my sister-in-law and we had no intention of staying in Orange County. We came mm. down, um, and we just rented an apartment for, I think it was for four months. And, uh, I had heard about, about Pastor Rick, but I walked onto the campus one day and Pastor Tom was doing, um, his, what was then his midweek service. And I walked into the midweek service and I got hammered. <laughs> and at that, at that point I thought, oh, there's something really powerful here. And so I, I, we decided, well, we'll, we'll, we'll stay here for a little while. So I was actually coming out of my chiropractor and for women, for any women out there who are listening to me, you'll know how, how important this day was to me because I, I was just full of sweat, no makeup, grungy clothes. And I'm, I'm walking out of the, I'm walking out of my chiropractor's office and I, I, I heard the Holy Spirit say, you're to go up to the to the uh, Saddleback Church office and you're to volunteer. And my first my first reaction was, I don't have any makeup on. I have no clothes on. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think this is going to work. Thank you very much. But I could not put that down. Mm-hmm. I couldn't put that 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 that, that thought down. So I I walked over, and thankfully I was I was obedient for once in my life. And I walked over and I walked in, and that's where my my journey started. Um, I came in, came in as a volunteer. I was here for, I think it was pretty close to two years, two and a half years as mm-hmm. a volunteer, which. Honestly, were were some of the most wonderful days of of my uh, my my place here at the church because mm-hmm. it's where God really seated me personally seated me by taking me into a place that I was terrified of and sitting sitting me down literally sitting me down right outside of Rick's office hmm. he was like there and, <laughs> and Tom Pastor Tom was here and Pastor Glenn was here and that's where they chose to, to seat me and I, so I had to deal with a lot of and all fears. you had a line of sight just <laughs> all, all of that yes looking at you <laughs> and it was it was a daily question for for two and a half why me why am I here and I didn't understand it I hmm. I didn't. The only thing I knew to do was to do what I felt the Holy Spirit was talking to me about. Mm. I was trying to stay faithful to what I call the calling. This was before I under, thoroughly understood the purpose part that Pastor Rick teaches. Yeah. But I, I knew I was to do the calling. Uh, and he just took those those two first two years of volunteer work. He took those and got rid of all my human fears. Mm-hmm. Because he knew that my human fears, if they weren't dealt with first, would stop me. Mm-hmm. If, they, they, I, if I was caught up in those, I would never be able to um, to do the work that he that, that only he knew at that point in time. You know that I yeah. was called to do here. Mm-hmm. So for two years, it was just it was. Well, can I do it? today? Can I really get up and go back in there today? Mm. And um, I worked with new believers at that point and their, their passion and their, you know, the, their stories just riveted with me and um, my prayer heart just joined with them. Mm. And it, it was just, it was a really, it was a, a wonderful, wonderful couple of years. And then they, they decided to put me on staff. And since I've been on staff since 1996, so that's yeah. what, 20... Two, tw- Twenty-one years, twenty-two years. Twenty-two yeah. years on, Ooh. yeah, something like that. And it has gone. It has been so fast. 
and it has been so uh, so full mm-hmm. that it doesn't seem, even as I sit here today, it just does not seem like it's been that long. It seems like it's been a nanosecond in a yeah. lot of ways. Um, but if I hadn't listened that day, coming out of the chiropractor's office and did what I knew, I only knew that that, that was all I knew, just go volunteer, that was it. That was it. If I hadn't done that, I, it, it, yeah, it gives me goosebumps when I think about that. I think of the spiritual impact that you've had at Saddleback, and then I think of how just that, if you had just decided that one time not to obey, how it could have right. thwarted it, it all that God wanted to do. Oh, like, I don't know where that feeling mm-hmm. is coming from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's true. I fear that also because there have been, honestly, there have been times in my life when I haven't done mm-hmm. that. And you do pay a, a price, I think, for that. Yeah. But I also think because God's love is so great that he just, I just have this this visual of him, you know, in heaven, just sitting there laughing, you know, just, just at, at the, at the, at the foolishness of his kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think nobody understands that better yeah. you know, <laughs> than God does. So when we do those things, you know, yeah, yeah. that's who we are. We're human. Uh-huh. And God's sitting there going, and if you hadn't done it, I'd have been all over you the next day. The next yeah. day, yeah. I wouldn't yeah. have stopped. Yeah. The next day, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. That's yeah. great. Now, Carolyn, I want to ask you, I, you have done so much. Again, you've been on staff for, what did we say, 21, 22 years or whatever like mm-hmm. that. But I think when people think about you, at least, at least I know I do, and I've known you for four, almost five yeah, years now. Yeah, oh, wow, yes. yeah. Um, honestly, some of the first words that come to my mind are prayer warrior. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people might be going, I don't know what that is. That sounds like a kung fu movie or something. Yeah. So <laughs> I'd love to hear you talk about what it means to be a prayer warrior and kind of how you, how you navigate that and what it means mm-hmm. to be an active prayer warrior. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a great question, Jason, because I think people have it all wrong. I think that normal, normally when you hear the word prayer warrior, it brings up this vision of, I don't know, guns and rifles and, you know, that, that kind of war. Actually, a prayer warrior is somebody who's, who's fairly peaceful, uh, calm, somebody who knows that they have, that they walk in the protection of Jesus every single day of their lives. Mm -hmm. And because they know that they're in that, that sweet spot, um, they're, heart is uh, able to step into places that are sometimes dangerous. Sometimes um, they're not quite sure what, what, you know, especially prayer people, they're not quite sure what their, their prayers are intended for. Mm -hmm. So I think God gives us, I think the definition for me of a prayer warrior is somebody who's very, very peaceful, peaceful in the presence of God, peaceful with the presence of God, peaceful with the love of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because of that, the strength that they get from being in that sweet place of, of his presence and surrounded and covered mm-hmm. with his love, that's where the real war is. Mm-hmm. Because that is, that is in my mind, that is the war that, that I'm always fighting with my human flesh. Mm-hmm. Every yeah. day of my life, it's a battle with my human flesh. So knowing that um, if you want to call me a prayer warrior, which I don't call myself that, but if you want to call me a prayer warrior, <laughs> we're going to keep I, calling you that. I think it's a fair, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's the right word. But yeah. that, that's that's kind of the way I look at it. It's it's, it's really more. Uh, there's an intensity that comes from somebody who's really focused on what they know 
in that particular moment in time that they're to be focused on. Mm. And there's a, a great deal of peace that comes along with that that allows them to get on their knees and to be in the sacred presence of God. Mm. Uh, know, knowing that you're in that place, that's the most empowering, mm. most powerful place that you could possibly ever be. And yeah. so in the context of a warrior, yes, because in that context, I think a, uh, a prayer warrior, that's what they do. Mm. They, they, they're engaged with the will of God first every day of their lives. They're, they're interested in what the will of God is for that, for that individual situation for that day, you know, or in my case, the vision that God has given me has been all wrapped up in what Pastor Rick has been doing here at Saddleback Church for all these years. And the prayer part that he has wanted me, that that the Holy Spirit's wanted me to focus on. Uh, So I could calmly go before the throne of God, you know, and pray for for Pastor Rick when he was forming, for example, when he was forming the Mm. peace plan, Yeah, Mm. you know, when he he was working on that or when he was writing his book. Uh, When I first came in, he had just finished Purpose Driven Church. And yep. um, I, one of my fondest memories, because I had to laugh at, at, at our staff, he's, he's sitting with us, this is in 1994, and he's, he's in this circle of, of people, and he's saying, now we, you need to understand what the Purpose Driven Church is all about. And all of us, volunteers and staff alike, and at that time we were like 54 of us, hmm. um, you have to sit and you got to understand this. And I, rem- and I remember thinking, well, I read it. And I think I've got, but it wasn't until Pastor Rick sat down and started really explaining it the way, the way I have a heart for prayer and can talk for days and Mm, weeks and months about prayer. Listen to Pastor Rick someday talk, talk about the purpose driven church. That's that, that's where that took me. So in that context, Mm. back to your question, that to me, you know, is what a warrior is. I know Mm. that I'm here. I know that God put me here, and I know that he put me here because he wants my prayer heart focused on his will being done in what Pastor Rick and this church and all of the different ministries that, that we have here are also focused on. And in that context, yeah, I'm a deadly warrior because I'm not giving up. <laughs> I mean, I, I will I will stand my ground. Yeah. I'll, I'll take the... You know, you know the, the sciatica pain and the, you know all the all of the other things that, that do come at you, the attacks which are are frequent also. Yeah, yeah. But it, but I think a prayer warrior, even in the midst of that, if that answers your question, a prayer warrior will look at that and go, okay, that's I don't like it. I don't like the fact that I'm being attacked. I don't like the fact that yeah. things are happening in my life. I don't like that. But I know what this is about, yeah. and I know. I know that God is right here with me and he's got my back and he's got me covered. And in that, in that sense, yeah, you bet I'm a warrior. Yeah. It seems like a big part of that is just like this recognition of knowing, you know, mm-hmm. where I stand and where God stands and what's going on on the battlefield and right. just knowing how the war is waged almost. That's why God, I believe, put me here because I knew none of this. Yeah, I was a novice. I was. I, I have a Catholic background. Mm. Um, that's how I was raised, and I knew nothing. I didn't even know the Bible, and um, so to, for, for 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 God to plot me down here and expose me to everything that I've been exposed to over all of these years has been an incredible, inc- incredible journey. But that mm. is just so like God mm. to yeah. take somebody who had. <laughs> 
who has nothing, you know, I, I'm not seminary educated. I, I've educated myself. Uh, my, my Bible learning, my devotionals, things like that, they're all, they're all things that I've just learned mm -hmm. to do, you know, on my own. Plus, I've had, there's great teaching at Saddleback with Tom and Buddy and yeah. Rick. I mean, there's amazing teaching here. Yeah, sure. So I think I know that, that, that that's, that's the reason why, why he put me here. So if I had been told early on, Carolyn, you're going in there and you're going to pray for what will one day become the peace plan yeah. or what one day will become, you know, PD global or what will one day become whatever else we've got coming. <laughs> it would have terrified me and I would yeah. never have been able to do it. So yeah. one step at a time, hmm. one challenge at a time. I think, uh, you use the word engaged being, and I think the idea of being engaged in battle is sort of one of the things that makes you a warrior versus collateral damage or a victim or a, or a, a, a casualty of war, mm -hmm. for example. Now, of course, all of us kind of wind up on the receiving end of attacks from time sure. to time. And that's Everybody. just part of, yes. part of the life that we live as believers. But, um, I just think of, uh, I think one of the things that you bring to our staff and to our church that's so valuable, and I think one of the reasons why the the spiritual discipline or the habit or the, the spiritual practice of prayer is so important is because prayer, um, wouldn't you say prayer involves, uh, it, prayer involves the unseen? Yes. Prayer is a is a very real action that we can take. Yes. A spiritual discipline effective that we can action. do, yes. an effective tool that can be used in order to influence the sometimes unseen realm, right. but the unseen realm, which influences the seen realm in a monstrous, monstrous way. Huge. And I think, uh, I think of you as someone, see, see, it's easy in ministry or just in life. I mean, if you're just doing your job or whatever you do, it's easy to have your attention drawn toward all the, the, the stuff that's right in front of your eyes all the time. That's a good point. That's but it's harder point, Doug, to yeah. do what you do, which is to say, I recognize everything that's going around in the seen realm, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to oversee, or I'm not going to overlook the underlying spiritual exactly. warfare that's happening all around us. Because I think it's it's easy for us to kind of be anesthetized and not not yes. realize that some of the things that we're dealing with in in this for, for lack of a better word, I'll just keep using this, the seen realm or the visible realm that we deal with most mm -hmm. of the time. So much of that is influenced by what's going on in the spiritual realm. And we've been talking about Absolutely. the soul, which is, which is all about the, yeah. the, the part of you that's unseen, the part right, of you yeah. that it can't be like directly observed and yet is so right. real, the, the central part of who you are. And we could even make a case that what's going on spiritually is really the root that underlies so mm -hmm. much of the things that we deal with is human beings, the challenges we face in life and yes. um, the temptations and all that stuff. So I, th I think a prayer warrior is such an apt term for you because you're someone who's decided that's the field you're going to do battle on, where a lot of us are too focused on trying to to leverage all that we can in the physical realm to turn levers and to, to try to yeah. influence and, and, and control things and change things and fix things. But sometimes we can do that at the cost of... Uh, of a robust prayer life where we actually mm -hmm. are, it's like we keep trying to pull the leaves off the weed and we're, yes. we're surprised that the weed keeps that's, growing back. That's good. Doug. Whereas a prayer warrior says, yeah. I'm going to go beneath the soil the I'm gonna deal mm -hmm. with the root problem. Look at you with that analogy. That was a good one. Hey, yeah, that's very good. Wow. Yeah, that is. Holy Spirit. Yeah. <laughs> he does that. <laughs> he does that. We're going to come back to that actually. That's yeah. actually a big question we have for you in a few okay. minutes. But you, you, started, you started to allude to the way that your prayer life and your devotional life has changed over time. Yes. 
uh, you talked about how you started as a novice. You come from a mm-hmm. Catholic background, and that's mm-hmm. actually very common for a Saddleback. It person. is here at Saddleback. You know, that's, yes. that's actually the, the most, the biggest demographic at Saddleback is former Catholics. Yeah, I had you know? no idea either for the longest time that that was yeah, true. Yeah, so I know is. that a lot of people listening are, are hearing this from your perspective, but yes. would you just talk about the, the progression of your spiritual life over time? How has sure. this devotional life taken shape and grown over time? Well, as I say, I, I, I really do credit the Catholic Church in, in, in some ways for things that were sewn into me as, as a very young child. Um, the, the thing that stuck with me was I wanted to know God. I didn't know who he was, and I yeah. didn't know, you know, what that looked like. And even as a little kid growing up, I remember I, I went to Catholic school, so I, I would follow the, I would follow the nuns around the, the garden hmm. because just because I wanted to be close to the nuns because I, I just— to, even then, I, I and I was a little kid. I was like three or four or five. I didn't have any idea what that was, but I was just very drawn. And when I look back on my life now, and I realize that you know I might have been missing you know a whole bunch of stuff. You know, being raised Catholic. The one thing that they gave me that I will be forever grateful for is this incredible love of God. Mm-hmm. And it started. It formed in me. You know, as a young as a young girl. Mm-hmm. So when that when that. When that took hold and, and I became, um, I started to grow up. And for many, in fact, I'd say for many of you, you know, who have, who have children that are just growing up and they're not quite sure what this is all about, what spirituality looks like, who God is, what, what, it, what on earth is all of this. Children can, can be very, um, they're just like very quiet listeners. Cause I, I was one of those. I was, I, I was just listening. Mm-hmm. And, but, but I found, you know, maybe when I was nine or 10, I, I, I found that I was just feeling empty and it wasn't meeting. I didn't know what it was. And I, and I was searching and I wasn't finding and I was lost. Yeah. So I rebelled, which is typical Carolyn. I just, I just rebelled. <laughs> I said, well, if this isn't something, it, this was my, this was, I still remember this is nine, nine or 10 years of age. If I don't understand this, then okay, I'll go find something that I will understand. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. And, you know, and I, I became very worldly minded. I was out there. I went to, uh, I went to uh, Catholic school for the first two years. And then my last two years, I finally, I had discovered that there were such a thing as boys in the world. So I, did, I begged my parents to let me out of the, of the all girls Catholic school and put me <laughs> into, into a public school. And in those, and to the credit of the Catholic church, the education that I got was so great. I just soared through those two years of public school. Mm-hmm. I, I really did. But it was in those years that I got really rebellious mm-hmm. because I didn't know. I mean, I understand it now all these years later, but I did not know at that time that I was really hungry and thirsty and I was looking for God, but I was searching for him in all the wrong places. And mm-hmm. so I, I started looking at things like being popular and being 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 pretty and being, you know, all that, all that the 1960s, 50, 1950s, 60s lifestyle, you know, was all about. And that became in some ways to me, you know, almost an idol. And I didn't mm-hmm. know it, which is one of the reasons why I will love Pastor Rick and this church for the, for my whole life, because they, they helped me to see that. But I didn't realize that, that I was putting a focus on what was to me, I thought was, was, was really a really great thing, but it was all about me. Mm-hmm. It was just my whole world was all about me, yeah. and it really wasn't until I until I uh, went through my rebellious stage and walked away from God, and I mean, really walked away from God. I was having nothing to do with God, mm-hmm. and um, it wasn't until after I'd had had my children, which was this the, the, the saddest part of that story for me is that I raised my children in a time when I didn't know God, mm-hmm. and when when I look back at that, that to me is going to be the thing that I will. That's the biggest regret of my life. But it isn't anything that I can do about except 
feed into them now, which I, which I'm doing. But that that was a really challenging time in my life. But because I felt the pain of that, and be, because you know God let me do that, and because I know He did that, I know He let me do that. That is what brought me, I think, and started my devotional life. Because I didn't realize it all those years, but I was yelling at God. Mm. And I was calling out to God. I was praying to God. I didn't know that. I had no idea that that was what I was doing. I just thought I was being my own stubborn self. But but God knew that, and he knew that he'd seeded that into me, and he was willing to wait and be patient, you know, until that, that time came mm. when um, I had my salvation experience um, af- after a very, very difficult time with our with our son at the age of 13 mm. um, with, with alcohol addiction and, and with now has turned out to be bipolar disease, which we finally found out, thank God. But in in my despair at, at not being able to fix him, um, I found myself just on my knees mm-hmm. in my home and just crying out to God, and he met me. Mm-hmm. He just he just met me. Just met me. And you know, I, I don't even remember what words I used for my I I just remember crying out, mm-hmm. just save me, save me, save my save my family, mm-hmm. save my children save my husband. And boy, he reached out and I, I've never been the same. Mm. So once I, once I really realized this is real, this is real, my devotional life changed completely. Mm. I mean, I had, I'd had a devotional life of sorts, if you wanted to call it that sure. with my rebellion. <laughs> but when he took that, which I think what the Bible talks about, you take that, which is bad and you turn it towards good. That's what he did. He took the, he took the heart mm. that I have the love that I have, the passion that I have. And although I was using it for all the wrong things, he never gave up on that, mm-hmm. never gave up on that. And, and, and when I finally started to see the light, then he stepped in and he started drawing me towards him. And then my devotional life has just taken off. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much, de- how much detail you want me to go into on what that looks like. But... I'd like a little more detail. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, so I that, could just keep listening. So yeah, it's all good. <laughs> I warned you, Jason. <laughs> no, this is good. I love it. <laughs> so that brings us up to how your devotional light life sort of kickstarted. That seems that's like that how, was that, that's that how time when God started. breathed life into you and and really ignited a, a life of devotion to Him. Mm-hmm. Um, but then where did it go from there? Because yeah. we all know that 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 salvation moment where God f- finally jars us out of our you know jars us back you know to waking life mm-hmm. is is an important milestone moment um the 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 moment of our spiritual birth but then there's the then there's the process of growth yes. that happens from there what's that been like for you very much up and down mm. very it's never been a straight path um to this very day all these years later it is very much up and down and i mean i can to the degree that even today i can come in um and 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 feel like i'm really tight with mm. the lord i'm i'm really a boy i'm in i'm in the right in the right you know i'm, I'm in his yeah. mindset mm-hmm. and somebody can come up to my desk and say something and it can just it can flip me right off that's that's Mm -hmm. been the way that my that my life has but but because of that it's made me strong Mm -hmm. because i i'm not afraid of the downs the downside Mm -hmm. you know when when i'm um i when i recognize that okay you're slipping again there carolyn you're you know your mind is is is, has just flipped into the human part of yourself Mm -hmm. and now you need to just recognize that and that's how god has, has basically used my devotional life he's he's basically taken me to a place of deep hunger first 
And, and that all had, that happened with the life I led mm-hmm. all, all, all those years going up to that. But there was a deep hunger that was never filled in me until I recognized that the, the love that I had was first coming from him to me. And I didn't know that. I had no idea. I didn't understand that. Mm. But I but I found that because he loved me so much that he would he would always, always, you know, just kind of pull me back. Mm. You know, just just sometimes from the from the very edge of of whatever, he would just pull me back. And so I, I just started trying to get into the flow, if that makes any sense. Mm. I wanted to get into the flow of what I was experiencing. So I just asked I, I remember uh I, I just asked God one day to just help me understand. That was one of my first steps. Just please help me understand just what it is. What, what is this devotional life all about? I mean, I, 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 I just help me understand. And the very, the very first thing that I remember really grasping and grabbing onto was um, the redwood trees in, in Northern California, mm. looking up at the redwood trees. It just, it, it got me. And there was something about creation and the beauty that, that was an easy intro for me in my devotional life. Cause mm. it, it, and to this very day, I will say that when I'm, you know, struggling with something, I will get up off from my desk. I'll go outside. You'll see me out there. I'll go out there <laughs> walking just to get out and to feel the sun, mm. to get out and to look at the trees that, that, that there's something that draws me mm. you know, and, it's, and it's very strong. And to this, in fact, to this day, when I'm really in a contemplative mode, when I'm really wanting to write, when, when, when it's really flowing, you know, into my, into my pen, um, that's where I want to be. But that's how he started with me. It was just with that. It was just that simple. Mm-hmm. Come out and look at the beauty of the sun. Come out and look at the, at the, the roots of the redwood trees yeah. that are intertwined underneath and joining with the roots of all oh. of the other trees mm-hmm. yes. that kind of bring us into community. Yeah. That was a that was one of those brilliant, brilliant moments that I, that I went, whoa, I, and, and I mean, God is amazing. So that I started with what I knew. Mm. That's where I began. I just started with what I knew and then I let him build mm. on it. And he's been building ever since. Wow. That's great. Uh, okay. Um, I, lo- I love you guys. I love this. I love this whole conversation. Um, I, I, shifting gears a tad okay you mentioned earlier a couple times but specifically back in your story when you were talking about how you came to saddleback Mm -hmm. that you heard the holy spirit basically tell you go volunteer so i want to talk about how do we hear god's voice you know discerning god's voice it's a big question i know it's one it's the biggest one one of of the biggest questions that we get as a team quite a bit yes is people who want to learn more about this so can you talk a little bit about that and 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 how you Mm -hmm. grew to know god's voice it's been quite a journey It, it really has been quite a journey i i i think it is one of the most um commonly misunderstood principles mm. I, th- I think you god you can I, i've never heard i must say right up front i've never heard the audible voice of god mm. but i get deep what i what i call deep impressions mm-hmm. and largely largely the the way that, that god will speak with me like like in that instant coming out of the coming out of the chiropractor um as I, as I walked out, I didn't hear a voice that said, go over and volunteer. I did not hear that. But what I felt was just this impression that that was the intention 
And mm-hmm. it was like, it was just, it's the connection that my mind has when it's, when it's surrendered to what the Holy Spirit is really doing at the moment mm-hmm. and helping my mind to, to, to kind of wrap its, 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 uh, to wrap around that and, and then just to act on it. And, it's it's taken me a long time to feel comfortable with it. Mm. I, the reality of it is has never changed. That that has never changed. It's always been possible, but me, my my comfort zone with it. It, it the, the you get people saying, is this the am I hearing the voice of God or is this mm. because I ate pizza last night? Mm. And you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of validity <laughs> yeah. in that. I sure. do, do, am I really hearing God or is it because this is a deep need that I have? Yeah. You know, this something mm-hmm. you know like. Yeah. It, it, or, or, or am I really hearing God? So, so this is where you guys will really love me because I can hear the people out there going, uh-oh, because I'm about to mention the journal word. And the journal <laughs> word, and, and I know in all of my Bible studies, the people that I talk with and, and the staff that I work with, they see me coming and they know that they're, if, if they're going to talk to me, they're going to get the word journal one way or another. It's going to come at them because that's been my, that's been the pathway that, mm-hmm. I, that I learned. I just started journaling. And, and I, I'd start with one sentence. And maybe it would be two sentences. And most of the time, it's very short. It's just it's just what a lot of people might call a diary. I think it, they, they'd say they're diarying their activities. Mm. Well, I'm not di- diarying or journaling my activities. I'm journaling the impressions that I'm that I'm receiving. Mm. And so by doing that, and I've been doing that now for the better part of what thirty years, I. I have great faith because I've watched God take those journals. There's, there's nothing more humbling. There's nothing more humbling <laughs> than writing something down and then going back and looking at it a year later or two years later. And all of a sudden you realize, oh, my goodness, that he, he answered that. And, mm-hmm. and remembering in your heart and in your mind, that's what he did. Yeah, that's how it started for me without journaling with my memory retention. (laughs) Not not so much, but but by journaling and putting it down. And then the other the other thing that has really helped me to really know that I know that I know that this is something that the Holy Spirit's doing is in worship, Mm -hmm. the combination of worship and the combination of God's word, those two things, it's a, it's a slam dunk home run. Mm. Because I found that if, if I am, if something is drawing me in worship to something, you know, I'm sure you, you have the, the experience sometimes that you're, you're running around your house, you're getting ready to, to, to get the kids off. You're, you're, you're wanting to just please give me five minutes so mm. that I could just have some quiet. Well, if you fill up that quiet with a worship tape, Put it in your car. My car has become my holy sacred place. It truly has because I, I can I can close the world out sure. and I can get yeah. into my car and nobody but me knows where I'm going with that car. Mm-hmm. And I can I can turn on my worship tape and that that act of worship just soothes soothes my spirit, I think. It just mm-hmm. soothes my soul. It makes me it makes me receptive. And that's why I always even in my car I keep these little index cards. I mean my journaling is not neat. I keep mm-hmm. these little index cards and things where I'll just write down a word like joyful or you know peaceful or um, struggling. It just, it just, and then I'll just put a date on it. Mm -hmm. Those types of things have really, really helped me. But the combination, the one, two combination is, is when I get something that I will journal, I will then go to the scriptures and ask, ask, ask God to help me find a scripture. So I'll start going through the Bible, looking, looking for something that is talking about what I just thought I heard. Mm -hmm. And he's 
so faithful to always take, take, not well, most of the time, he takes me to the right scriptures. And it's in that when I look at the scriptures and I look at the the heart that's, mm, yeah. that's soaring through me, that's a, that's a pretty slam dunk case, you yeah. know, that I'm really hearing from God. Do I do it right all the time? No. Do I make mistakes and misjudgments? Oh, my goodness. All <laughs> the time. But, you know, I would rather, and I would say this to anybody who's listening, I would rather make a mistake than not try. Mm-hmm. Because the thing that that makes my just make, it makes me it yeah I, I cry um, is what people are missing mm-hmm. that that intimate closeness that God He has it for all of us mm-hmm. and and, yeah. and we're missing it I mean I miss it on days when when I when I'm so caught up in my own stuff I, I miss it but fortunately you know He He pulls me back. And, you know, takes me back, and and you you just have to be kind of tuned in. Mm. I, if, if if does that help? I mean, it's yeah. a hard no, it's a hard it, it thing does. to 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 describe, but that's my but experience think, of it. No, that that, that was yeah. As with basically everything that pertains to the soul, it starts breaking down a little bit. You can't you can't yeah. easily say, yeah. "Well, here's a one, two, three to hearing from God." Wouldn't it be yeah. nice? It would be really nice. That would be one of my asks when I stand before God one day. Well, why didn't yeah. you do it this way? Yeah. If only yeah. Why couldn't they have it then What's the way wrong I do with now? you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember, He is the Father, and the Father loves the daughter. So yeah. <laughs> you brought up the you brought up the scriptures too, and I think that's a. I think that's one important guardrail that we can put on our impressions from God. Oh, we huge. always we always compare our, the impression that we get from God to the scriptures because we know that God's not going to give us an impression that contradicts what he's already that's stated right. emphatically in his word. Amen. So I I really appreciate that you brought that up because I think there's a I think part of the confusion about hearing from God is that um anybody can forge God's signature on anything yes. that they that's say, good, right? I mean, they can idea. just say, yeah. oh, well, the Lord told me this. And right. and then someone else could be saying, well, the Lord told me the exact opposite. So what's the deal here? Mm-hmm. And the scripture is really what breaks the tie. It's what, it's what it's, it's provides a plumb line right. that's irrefutable because, yes. yeah, otherwise you get into the, well, what's indigestion versus what's a clear impression. And I think um, knowing that we have the scriptures there kind of helps us to have a little bit more confidence when we feel like God is telling us something because we can do what you said you do. I, I get an impression. I turn to the word and I look for God to, mm-hmm. I look for God to validate, to, to validate that in his mm-hmm. word. And I think that's a really important one because it, even an atrocity can be done in the name of God. Yes. But if we do, if we make it sure is. that we interpret the, what, the impression we hear from God in light of the scriptures, which he, we know that he has authorized to be the the, you know, the plumb line, the level mm-hmm. for us to use the, the standard, um, then it kind of, it gives us a certain confidence in that where we can say, God's telling me this. This is something that I know. There God is something even more wonderful than even that. In, mm. to my experience, I discovered, and this is recent with me. This is probably within the last 10, 10, 10 years or so. I discovered that I, that God wanted me to go looking for my promises Mm-hmm. There are very specific promises that, that pertain to each one of us individually to ourselves. It's mm-hmm. a promise from God to ourselves. So to that end, I started searching. I'd never done a search like that. I'd never mm-hmm. gone in, into the Bible and just asked, well, what, what are my personal promises? Yeah. So God took me into and in, in, just started leading me and guiding me. And there were, there were a couple of scriptures that never went away, that I could, I could be in the midst of just about anything. And I would, I would always remember Psalm 91, Psalm 9. It was like mm-hmm. this. It was this verse that just kept coming back at me. And, and I remember one day I thought, well, why, why am I so um, drawn to Psalm 91 more than, you know, a lot of the other really m- more catching Psalms? Yeah. I was just riveted by Psalm 91. Yeah. The pathway that God used 
to help me understand that that was my personal promise, that I could hold on to Psalm 91, mm. that that was the thing that I was to go to, I was to hold on to, I was to look at it, I was to count on it, and I was to throw it back in God's face mm. and say, hey, remember this? You know, because yeah. I, I also believe that, that the interaction between God and us, father and daughter, father and son, is a very real intimate relationship. And because he's in heaven and we're not, we have this. So I I, I will take, there's several promises that that are personal promises to me that I really have learned to live by, but it's been the journey of finding out what those were. That turned out to be the the fun part. That that for me was the fun part. You know, I, I really thought, wow, this is really, this is, this is truly a promise. So I started, I made another little journal note and I put promises and I just started writing down promises that I felt, you know, were being, were, 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 that I was really receiving. Mm-hmm. And when I really looked at them, you know, all those years later, it was Psalm 91. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and a couple of other Psalms. Oh, God's that. word so is cool. beyond anything that you. Yeah. I heard Psalm 91 uh, recited from memory once oh. and I just, it was one of the most powerful things I had ever seen or heard in my life. Great, I was yeah. like, what? Someone had taken the time. It was actually someone who was in a recovery program, and that was a, a passage that he had really clung to throughout his recovery. Oh, and when yes. he recited yeah. it, it I was bet. just like you could have heard a pin drop in the room. Such such powerful words. And then, you know, infused with the Holy Spirit. I would say Doug is so right on this that if if people who are listening to this, if you don't have a promise or something you can identify mm-hmm. as a promise, yeah, I give you. You have my permission. Yeah. <laughs> you take Psalm 91. Psalm 91 is 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 just, it's a beautiful love offering oh, yeah. from God himself. It's, it it's, yeah. I really hope that you enjoyed that first half of the conversation. Um, I know that I was really enjoying it, especially going back and re-listening to it. Um, Carolyn just has so much great insight, so many great thoughts. And she's been around... Saddleback for so long, and um, it's just really special to have this conversation. So you will not want to miss next week when we continue and wrap up our conversation with Carolyn Baker. We love you, and we hope to see you again next week. If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Just subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you are already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all of our previous episodes and go to saddleback.com slash grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question might just inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Jason Whelan, and I hope you'll join us again next week.